Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Bruce. Um, the one of the pastors here at South Edmonton Alliance Church, and we're so glad you're with us in person. And if you're watching online, we extend a special greeting to you as well. You might be watching on a Sunday morning, or you might be watching on Tuesday at 1 a.m. in the morning. We're just so glad you're with us, at least following along with us. So we extend a, a, welcome, a warm welcome to you. You know, when we're growing up, one of the things we've discovered, or at least I've discovered, was especially, and I think every child discovers this, when you're in your room and, you're, and, and your name is called from the other side of the door, usually you can recognize pretty quickly as to, one, who it is that is calling your name, especially if it's your mother or father or a sibling, and two, you can tell by the tone of the voice whether or not it is a good call or if it is a bad call or a bad, there's something go, bad going on, right? How many, of you, how many of you could recognize that when you were growing up? How many of you knew that by the tone of the voice and by the voice without ever having seen the person, you knew exactly who it was and whether it was a good thing or bad thing? I can remember lots of times when I'm thinking I hear my mom or my dad call my voice and uh, depending on how many Parts of my name they used often signified how much trouble I was in. The more they used my middle name and my last name, then I, I knew I was in trouble, right? Uh, I don't know, if, is that the same for all of you? Yes? Is that, okay. So it's, it's just not, wasn't a family thing for us, but it maybe even crosses culture. So that's, that's a good thing to know. But one of the things is, is so, I mean, we, we learn people's voices. We, we learn to hear them. We learn to understand them, and we, we connect with them. Now, you know, before we had our smartphones and we had call display, and, you know, now when my wife calls, you know, her face pops up on my screen. So I know who it is without even looking at the number. I immediately know who it is that's calling. And so often, you know, nowadays we know who's calling us even before you know, we answer the phone. But in the old days, um, back when they didn't have call display and all those kinds of things, the person always had to say, hi, my name is, you know, this is so-and-so, this is Bruce or whatever, and they'd have to identify who they were. Now, if you, if you, you know, if it was your spouse or, or mom or dad, and they called you, you talked to them enough on the phone, oftentimes you would bypass the, the use of your name because just your voice, again, they would recognize who it is that's, that's talking. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting how that, that works. I'm, and yet sometimes it's not always that clear. And I think I mentioned a, uh, it was a, a few weeks ago or a month ago, I remember finding an old cassette tape. And uh, those of you that are of that age probably know what a cassette tape is. It's like a CD or uh, maybe that doesn't even work anymore, but an MP3 that's, you know, an old type of digital audio recording. And so I, I dug it out, found it, plugged it in, listened to it, and I thought, Whose voice is that? And so I asked, asked Vange, I said, whose voice? And she goes, that's your voice. I'm going, that's not my voice. She goes, oh yeah, it's totally your voice. We don't even oftentimes recognize our own voice because when we hear it, it, doesn't, it never sounds the same. The, the question is, do we recognize God's voice when God speaks to us? That's, that's one of the most important questions I think we can ask. When God speaks, 
do we, do, we, do we know it's him? Now, if we're all alone in the woods and all of a sudden this thunderous voice comes speaking to us, yeah, we're pretty sure it's God because there's no audio around, there's no speakers, none of that kind of stuff. We know it's the voice of God. But so often, how many times do we actually know whether or not God is speaking to us? Do we know his voice when, he's, when his still small voice speaks? Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse, verse 27, he makes this statement. He says, my sheep... Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. That assumes then that somehow the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. In the Old Testament, there's a story of of a young guy, um, young Samuel, you know, was taken off by, was uh, miraculously conceived by his parents and then was, was uh, kind of given to the temple as a servant because God had, it was a servant or was a, a gift from God. His parents said, okay, we want you to go and live in the temple and serve God in the temple. And so Samuel at a very young age went off and began serving in the temple. And, uh, but in that story of, of Samuel, we see there that Samuel didn't know God, and he didn't know God's voice. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Now Samuel did not know the Lord, and the word of God had not yet been revealed to him. In other words, God, Samuel was such a young guy that he had never heard that God speaks. So he didn't know anything about God. He was just doing what his parents and what the priests and everybody told him to do. He was just doing his thing, just doing whatever he was told to do. But one of the things we, we see here is that God is the one who hadn't revealed himself yet to Samuel. And yet God does speak. God speaks to all of us, and God does want to speak to all of us, whether we know him or we don't know him, because at some point in time, God wants to reveal himself to us. And so we see here that how God was going to begin speaking to Samuel. In Romans chapter 1, there's, that, there's a passage there in about verses 19 and 20 where, where Paul records that he says, God speaks through creation. When we watch a sunset or the beauty of a flower displayed in some other creature or, or some other or some other creature, the, just the magnificence and the intricacies of some animals or insects or, or even creation as a whole. Or we look at the stars and we're going, ah, oh, just absolutely mind-boggling. That's God's word to us. It's God's instruction to us. That's God saying, displaying His glory. You know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. That's how God speaks, through pictures, through, through creation. Or even in our own spirit, down in, our, in the recesses of our soul, in our heart, not, not in our mind, but in our heart, we have this sense that somehow there is someone greater than us. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. So the question I have for you this morning is this, and it may almost sound ludicrous if you're a follower of Jesus. You'll go, of course. But do you sense that there is someone greater than you in this world? And are you ready to listen? I mean, really ready to listen if God were to speak to you. 
Think about that for a moment, because that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a foundational piece as we start looking into the, what we're looking at today. But God wants to speak. Do you want to hear? That's kind of the sense of what we're saying. Now, you may go, well, yeah, yeah, I think so, but there's so many people around our world. Does God even know who I am? Does God even care about who I am? Does God even concerned about me? Does God... You know, does God know my name? I mean, there's, what, seven, eight, I don't know how many billions of people in the world, and you think of all the people that have gone through history and all that kind of stuff. Does God even know my name? Well, we see in this story that God does know. God even knew Samuel, this little boy that was sent off to work in the temple. God knew him by name. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, and verse, starting in verse 6, we pick up the story. So follow along with me. Um, and it says, again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? My son Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other, the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You see, God wants to speak to each of us, and he calls more than once. Not, not, I mean, in, in Samuel's case, he didn't call even twice or three times. It was four times that he spoke to Samuel and called to him. And he called him by name. He called him by name because he, know, he knew Samuel, and our names are important to us. And when somebody says, hey, you, doesn't nearly have the same significance as when somebody calls you by your first name. Is, it, is that not true? And so God wants to call you by your first name because he knows you and he, and he knows everything there is to know about you. God knows us intimately, beginning and the end. He knows our, when we were born. He sees all of our life. He knows everything there is to know about us. In Psalm 139... The whole psalm talks about this very aspect of how deeply God knows everything about us. I'm going to read just the first six verses. You can follow along. If you're, if you're following on the Bible app, you can follow along there. It's, it's there as well. And, and, um, but you can look, you, feel free to go afterwards and go and read the rest of the psalm because it all talks about how much God knows us. But it starts off in verse 1. He says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay, you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty, for me to attain. In other words, he's going, I can't believe how much you know about me. You, God, basically, he's saying, God, you know me better than I know myself. 
You know me intimately. Everything there is to know. Even before I say a word, you know exactly what I'm going to say. Which is incredible. We see other places where God calls them and, and, and names have significance and, and knowing a person is important. In Exodus 33, one of, the favorite, one of my favorite patches, passages is where, where God and Moses have a conversation. And in Exodus 33, God says to, to Moses, he says, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. I know you by name. He says it twice in that passage, actually. Because God wants us to know that he sees us. He sees you, just you. And he knows you by name. He knows your beginning and the end, everything there is to know about you. He knows you completely. But at the same time, God respects your space. Ever had people get in your face and get too close to you? Especially with COVID, you know, that, that space, that distance has gotten wide, longer and deeper and farther away. But, but there's this sense of space that God's, God respects our space. And he knows us by name, but he never forces himself into our lives. In Revelation, there's a verse uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and it says this. He says, here I am, Jesus is speaking here, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, eat with that person, and they with me. And we often think that that is Jesus standing outside the door of a person's life even before they come to know Jesus, and that is true. But the context of this verse is not written to unbelievers. The context is written to, to us, the church, to you, the church family. And so even as, a, even as a person, Jesus never ever forces his way into your life. Even if you ask Jesus into your life, Jesus always waits for the invitation to respond. He waits for you to respond. He's, he's going to call you, he's going to speak to you, and he is speaking. Jesus said, my father is always at work. God's always speaking. But the question is, are we listening? Are we listening? He knows all of your life. He knows the challenges you've faced, the heartbrokenness that you've had, the aches, the pains, the joys, the celebrations, those moments when you were just ecstatic, those moments when you were broken when you were frustrated, when you were fearful, when you were angry, he understands every moment that you've ever experienced. He knows it all. He's got the recording. He knows it. And that's why he came into this world, so that we could engage him in a relationship and he with us. But it's a constant, ongoing relationship. It's not something that happens one time and that's it. Once and done kind of thing. This is an ongoing relationship just as any kind of relationship you have with anybody else. It is always ongoing. It's always engaging. It never is never just, well, I've done that, done, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and now I, I, can, I can live. But that's how many, so many people in our world live as if that is the case, as if it's a once and done kind of relationship. But Jesus says, no, this is an ongoing relationship. And he says, I came to die for you, and I come every day, I come every moment of every day, and I stand at the door of your life, and I wait. And I knock, and I speak, and I call out. And I wait for you to say, yeah, Jesus, speak. Your servant is listening. 
God has a purpose for each of us, a significant purpose. He gives us all kinds of gifts, not to be used selfishly, and we'll talk more about that in coming weeks, but he's given us these gifts and these abilities and things in our life because he has a significant purpose for us that has eternal impact, that will change the destiny of the people around us. Not that we change their destiny, but that we partner with God in allowing him to see what he's doing in and through the lives of those around us, and God wants to do that. So God sees us, God knows us by name, and God wants to speak to us. And then he says, will you listen? Will you respond? 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10, we read this verse already, but we see Samuel's response, and he says, the Lord came to him and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Recognizing God's voice and responding, here, I'm, here, here am I. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sometimes we think, well, the biggest question is, do we know God's voice? How do I discern God's voice? Is that God's voice, or is it just what I make up in my mind? Is it just something I created? Is it the, my own voice? Is it what I wish, think, I wish I think God said? Those are all kinds of questions that so many people often wrestle with. And, and, and rightly so, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6, Paul says these things. He says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. In other words, there are, we have an enemy who's working against us, who does not want us to see and understand who God is. And he's out there. He's, everybody who doesn't know Jesus, that, he is just happy with that. The enemy of our soul is happy with that. But, he says, for we preach... Uh, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And then he goes on and says this, For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness and made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's, dis- God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. In other words, God wants to show his light to the world and longs to show his light to the world. And so the question again is, how will we respond? How do we know, with all this confusing stuff going on around us, whose voice we're hearing? I mean, it would be easy if it was an audible voice and everyone heard it and we could all go, oh yeah, that had to be God because 15 people or 20 people or 100 people heard it. That would be easy, wouldn't it? But that wouldn't require a lot of faith. And God does speak sometimes audibly, though not often. I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God. But I have heard God speak. Because God does speak through dreams and visions. And more importantly, he can sometimes speak through things like talking donkeys and writing on a wall and other kinds of crazy things. But most often, God speaks spirit on spirit. The reason God speaks spirit on spirit is because God is spirit. And the spirit in us does not not need interpretation when God's spirit speaks to us. 
And so it's important that as we go, through, uh, go along that we start saying, okay, start recognizing oh, God is speaking to me, whether it's who you're supposed to encourage or who you're supposed to pray for or how, what, where you're supposed to go or what decision you're supposed to make. God's voice speaks. This past week, simple illustration of this. Um, Vange decided earlier this week that she was going to clean out underneath our sink. It was, it was actually really organized, but she goes, no, I, I, I think I just need to clean underneath the sink. And so she went on the kitchen sink. So she went underneath the kitchen sink, started look, reorganizing it, and she found out that there was water under the sink. And so yesterday, I finally got around to looking at what the problem was, and I found out that there was two nuts that hold the drains to the sink. They had corroded and were broken. And so every time water was in the sink and water went down the drain, some of it would leak out onto the floor or underneath the thing. Now, if she, I mean, it was organized underneath there. Trust me, it was. Did she make it better? Oh, yeah. She made it awesome. But the thing was this. God prompted her something simple to go and clean underneath the sink and reorganize it. If we wouldn't, it was already starting to damage some of the wood stuff underneath there. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't really super bad, but it was starting to, you could definitely tell that the water, there was some water leaking there, and it had been sitting there for a while already. But that was God's voice to her. And trust me, I was incredibly thankful to God that he spoke to her, and that we had a chance to have a look at that. You see, God's voice isn't necessarily, it, it, we have to look for it in even little things. It's not always the audible way. Now, there's, there's eight tests that, that I've, well, there's other, some have suggested there's nine, but you can find eight tests. Some of you may have gotten this sheet handed out to you. If, if you want, it's on the Bible app on your phone. And uh, if you go to under, under, under the U version, under events in the bottom right corner, there's, you can click on the link there. You can uh, f- search out South Edmonton Alliance Church, and you can find a copy of that, and you can put your notes on there as well. Because we're gonna, I'm going to encourage you to do a little exercise this morning. But I want to review these eight tests of how you can really know that God is speaking to you. The first and foremost is, is the one, does it align with what the Bible says? If it doesn't align with what the Bible says, guess what? It's not from God. As simple, simple as that. If, if it doesn't agree with the Scriptures, then it's not of God. That's the, the most important one. Like, that trumps all. If you have a sense that something is of God, and yet it disagrees with Scripture, Scripture always triumphs feelings. Okay? Because well, the feelings is on this list. It's just one of the ways. But Scripture always is the most important. It is the most important. God will never contradict His Word. Never, ever. Okay, so let me just make that super clear up front. So oftentimes, God loves to speak through this book. And so that's why it's very, very important that we get into it daily because God will use it over and over and over again in our lives. I mean, I was in this morning, and God showed me some things this morning about some things that he wanted me to do and my response to him and how I was dealing with stuff. And same with Vange. We often share in the morning. So what did God say to you? That's exactly what we say. And oftentimes we'll go and read through some verses and we'll, God will say things to us through, through that kind of stuff. And so that's important that you get into the Word and understand that. Number one, does it align with what God says in his book, in the Bible? Number two is the tone of the message. 
And you're going, well, what's the tone? Remember how I started off at the beginning and talking about when you were on the other side of the door, your door was closed, and one of your parents, you know, called your name? You could tell whether the tone was a good tone or a bad tone. And not saying that tone isn't, if it's a bad tone from God, that it's necessarily not God. But the question is this, if it's a condemning tone with no sense of hope or no sense of peace or no sense of way out, then that is not of God. That's of the enemy. If it is convicting, but a sense of inviting you, of, of inviting Jesus, you know, of Jesus inviting you to go deeper or to repent because he's calling you, then that's God's voice. Because there's lots of condemning voices out there, but they never lead us to hope. And those voices are not of God. But if they're convicting voices and give us a sense of hope that there's a way out, then yes, that is a voice that is, is most likely God. If you study the character of God and discover the real character of God, not just your mental image of who you think God is, but if you actually study the character of God, again, the more you know the character of God, the more you will know that it's got, whether it's God's voice or not. Number three, is it reoccurring? Does the thought keep coming back over and over again, even when you're not even thinking about it? Does it all of a sudden come and saying, you should do this, or you should go and talk to that person, or go and encourage that, or that's an issue you need to deal with in your life. If it's reoccurring, highly likely that that could be of God. Again, does the tone match? Does it align with scriptures? You go back to those other numbers one and two. Number four, as, does God confirm it um, when you're reading the Bible, this is kind of tied to number one, but as you're spending time in the Word of God, do, do verses kind of pop off the page that confirm what you're sensing God calling you to do? The bigger the decisions, the more that is at stake and the more we need God to ask to confirm it. So don't be afraid if it's a big, big decision to ask God, God, is this really what you want me to do? We have lots of scripture passages and stories where, where that is true, where different guys said, God, you know, is this really you? Gideon is one, different ones that, that said, God, if this is really you, confirm it, right? So they, they asked for confirmation. God's, you're not testing God and saying you don't believe. You're just saying, God, this is what I'm hearing, but I just need to double make sure this is a big step of faith. Number five, this is where feeling comes in. Feeling that can play a part. Sometimes feeling does play a part in helping discern whether we sense this is of God, whether we sense a sense of peace as we move into a situation. But don't let it be the number one factor, the most important. Okay? Just be, this is a, very subjective, this aspect of, 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 of sensation and feeling. It's not the only thing. Number six. Ask for the wisdom of others. Ask for help from others. Wise counsel. What do others suggest? What do others think? Is this a why? Especially if it's a big decision. Invite others to speak into it. Because, and then discern is what you're here. And make, make sure you pick the right people because you can get, you know, you can get anybody to say anything if you pick the right people. 
But you have to really be careful about who you pick and pray into who you ask. But that's one of the ways that we can, God can confirm whether or not he's, we can uh, really sense that it's his plan for us. Number seven, do circumstances point us in that direction? Sometimes circumstances don't always point. Again, we have to step back and, and ask God because sometimes God is telling us something and he might say, this is what I want you to do, but just wait. I want you to pray into it. Or sometimes the circumstances seem to kind of open up, but it does, disagrees with what the Scripture says. Well, then again, number one always triumphs even number seven. Remember that. Again, this is one aspect. Circumstances, sometimes God wants us to walk by faith and push on doors and step out in faith and trust Him that He will open the next step. The whole path may not be opened up, but He calls us one step at a, at a time. And number eight is if, if while you were praying an answer comes, it could easily be of God. In other words, you might be praying away about something and all of a sudden you have this sense that the answer comes on something else. That could again be God leading. It's an aspect of God saying, yes, this is, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I'm calling you to do. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he says, ask, seek, and knock. And if you ask, it will be given. If you, you know, ask, I will answer. And if you knock, the door will be opened. And so as we, as this morning, as, as, we're, as we process this, what I'd like you to do is to do the, the very thing as we're going to do. We're going to ask God a question. You are going to ask God a question, not me. I'm going to ask God my own question. But I want you to ask, of a, ask him a question. So I want you to think of a question. You can ask him any question you want. If you're not sure what to ask him, on the back side of the sheet I handed out, there's a simple little statement there that says, um, you know, um, what do you like about me? Ask Jesus that question. Or you could say to him, what do you see when you look at me? Those are two questions. If you can't think of a question, you can ask him one of those questions. Okay, and then what I want you to do is actually just put your pen on the paper or your finger on the phone or the finger on the, the iPad or whatever and just start writing whatever you sense, whatever you sense starts coming. Just, God, what do you, th- what do you think of me? And then just start, just start writing. You're going, nothing may come to you initially, but just put your fingers, actually start writing and see what happens, okay? We will test it later. But this is the aspect we want you to do, is just think about it, okay? So, um, is that, hopefully that's clear. Ask God a question, and then just start writing what you, sense, what's he, what you sense him saying to you. And then afterwards, we will test it. Now, you might think, yeah, but is it God, or is it my voice, or whatever? Well, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a declaration. And in this declaration, it's, it's actually a friend of, friend of mine. I got it borrowed from her. And uh, I've added a little bit on the end, kind of out of this passage of 1 Samuel chapter 3. But, um, but most of it's hers. It's from Terry Balzer. And she's, this is what she said. It's a declaration. She says, in Jesus' name, I command all other voices to be silent. That of myself, that of others, and that of the enemy. Now, Jesus, is there anything you want to say Show me or reveal to me. Speak now, for your servant is listening. 
Okay, very simple declaration. I'm going to read it one more time. And if, if you want to agree with that, because that just kind of clears the air in a sense so that you can push all the other voices aside, and now you're listening to the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Spirit. It says this, In Jesus' name, I command all other voices to be silent, that of myself, that of others, and that of the enemy. Now, Jesus, is there anything you want to say to me? Show me or reveal to me. Speak now, for your servant is listening. Mabel's up here. She's going to lead us in a song, which is actually more of a prayer than a song. So um, I invite you to maybe just stay seated, I think, and, and make this, verbalize this prayer as she leads us in that. And then, again, we're going to have a, an extended period of silence, probably five, six, seven minutes, where I want you just to be silent before God. And as you, I want you to ask, listen, write, and then at the end, We'll give you opportunity to test by taking this sheet and just kind of testing it. You may not fully understand everything that's clear. You may not get full clarity on whether what God has said to you is real because you may need to ask someone else for in, input or whatever. That's fine. But do go as far as you can this morning. Okay? So, Mabel, lead us in that song.